Welcome to the fifth episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast with your hosts, Nick and Gwen. Now, Gwen got all fired up and inspired after recently attending a digital event, which prompted us to share some of that excitement with you. Plus, with Prince Harry and Meghan launching their first podcast in the Christmas holidays, the competition sure is hotting up around here, and we really need to keep up with the Joneses. Or should that be the Sussexes? But seriously, we believe that the topic of our last episode of 2020 is the perfect way to end a rather imperfect year and to look ahead to hopefully a healthier 2021. Yes, according to the latest annual Google search report, 2020 was a year we asked why. People asked why more than ever before as they searched Google for answers to all types of questions. Now, we all start asking the question why from a very young age. That's good, of course, but it can drive parents nuts when the kids constantly ask why. I think that human beings continuously progress, find better ways of doing things and overcome all sorts of challenges because we never really stop asking why until we find answers and a better understanding. So asking why brings us neatly to the topic for this podcast, which is why collaborate for agility, diversity and sustainability in agriculture. But before we get onto that... Gwen, can you tell us a little bit about this event you recently attended in the digital space? I attended the Women in Food and Agriculture Digital Festival. Last year it was a physical event and I travelled all the way to Amsterdam to attend it because I was doing research on women in agriculture for my thesis. I came back from Amsterdam all buzzing, so of course I also wanted to attend the digital version of the event this year. It pretty much had the same effect on me like no other event I attended in agriculture so far has had. Yes, you were almost frothing at the mouth with excitement. I couldn't keep you quiet for days. You must have been dreaming about it as well. Well, we pretty much discussed topics that have been pet topics of mine for quite a long time. So naturally, I'm very interested to hear the thoughts and opinions of others on these topics and excited to see common ground in others. But also being able to share the excitement and willingness to embrace and act for change. I cannot think of any other event I have been to when I felt this sense of togetherness, that we are in it together, passionate about agriculture, working on common goals. I'm pretty passionate about agriculture, but coming out of this event, my passion is catapulted to a whole new level because I was exposed to lots of passion sparks from others attending the event. You know, from people that really want to make a positive impact. Jack Bobo, one of the speakers at the event, highlighted that the next 30 years are the most important in the history and future of agriculture. I now think, after having been exposed to all these very positive, passionate and highly determined people at the event, agriculture is not just going to go the extra mile, it it will go an extra 10 miles to make these 30 years exceptional. So in the past year, we were all reminded of just how important agriculture is in our lives. Uh, Even farmers were classified as essential workers. Yes, something else that I learned at the Women in Food and Agriculture event from a talk given by Mark Lyons was that for the first time, farming and agriculture ranks first in the American public's positive perception of industries, according to a Gallup poll that was carried out in August this year. And you mentioned that there was also some discussions around some of your pet topics. Care to tell us more, Gwen? Of course, that would be agility, diversity and sustainability. Sustainability is, um, is a bit of a buzzword. Uh, what got you into it initially? That was actually during my first job as product manager about 18 years ago. I was given a natural feed supplement product and the slogan I came up with was take sustainable action. 
I thought it was a good way of differentiating it from an antibody growth promoter. Something I did not anticipate was that people did not actually really understand what sustainability means. 18 years ago, sustainability was not exactly on everybody's agenda like it is today. At the time, I found myself explaining a lot that the concept of sustainability is not something that I invented. It has its origin in a report issued by the United Nations in 1987, the Brundtland Report, which provided a definition for sustainable development. Development that meets the need of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Forwarding to today, I joined a discussion group at the Women in Food and Agriculture event and we were discussing sustainability. Funnily enough, we agreed that today there's a lot of talk about sustainability and willingness to take sustainable action. Consumers are also asking for it, of course, but there is not exactly a common understanding of what sustainability means. So developing a general understanding of sustainability across different sectors and people is still an issue? Yes, and something that quite often is forgotten when it comes to sustainability is the importance of economic viability. But your favourite pet topic has got to be agility. Um, I know this because you keep going on about it. Um, wh wh why does it matter to you? It was actually during one of the darker times in my life about 13 years ago where I experienced a major setback and I started to ask a lot of questions directed to myself. I also asked myself a lot of why questions at the time but mainly also what I stand for and what do I really want to bring to the table. The result of this period of introspection was my personal brand, which also comes with a slogan. Develop and change to win. Sounds like a battle cry. Freedom! Yes, it does sound more like a battle cry, doesn't it? But it did help me to rise from what at the time felt like ashes. I did a lot of research on myself at the time, but also on change and how to manage change. Now change at the time happened to me and the biggest question of course was how to respond to it. Doing all this research I stumbled across this term organizational agility which intrigued me. But what does it mean? Agility is all about adapting quickly and appropriately to change and also to be prepared for the unexpected. So at the time I got really into it because it had relevance to my personal brand and to improving my personal situation. But I could also see how important agility is to agriculture. Farmers live with a great deal of uncertainty at the best of times, but climate change and rapidly changing consumer demands have brought uncertainty in agriculture to a whole new level. To be able to survive, we have to be able to adapt quickly. However, there are quite a few barriers in agriculture that can prevent the embrace of change. So I guess poor or the lack of an internet connection can be uh, one of them, right? That, that would make it more difficult to adopt some of the new technologies that can make a big difference to farming. Yes, that can definitely be a huge barrier in rural um, parts of the world. Another barrier can be the fact that farming quite often is handed over from one generation to the next. And then there's the issue of why change something that we have done for so many years. So also the fear of trying something new. So what was the word on agility at the conference? Well, there was Kate Hardcastle, also known as a customer whisperer, 
who said we really have to be the most agile and nimble we can be to be able to meet the often quite fickle consumer demands. People are paying a lot more attention to food than in the past. Others highlighted that this year the COVID-19 pandemic showed that the most agile and collaborative companies that had contingency plans in place had a distinct advantage over others. They were prepared for the unexpected to adapt quickly and respond to huge disruption and change in a positive way. Now, diversity is something you got into much recently, I believe. In the past year, I saw you doing lots of research about women in agriculture when you were working on your thesis. As a woman working in agriculture yourself, how did you see the role of women in agriculture before you started your research? To be honest, up until two years ago, I pretty much thought of agriculture as a highly male-driven industry. I did not really bother it did not really bother me. I just accepted it after all I made the choice to work in agriculture. But was there something that changed your mind? Yes, and if he had not pushed me to get a Twitter account, I think I would not have noticed it quite so much. Ah yes, your Twitter fairy godfather. That was in twenty eighteen, wasn't it? Yeah, pushed into starting a Twitter account really opened my eyes. I started following some amazing farmers and cute sheep on Twitter. And then I searched for influencers in agriculture. And that is when I started to come across some very powerful and inspirational voices from female farmers. They drew me into their stories and it inspired me to do more research into the role of women in decision making in agriculture and how this is reflected in the media and brand communications. It really was a fascinating journey for me and changed my image of agriculture. Women have actually always had a lot of impact on agriculture, but it is very often underestimated. Social media is giving them more of a voice. Then you have to ask yourself, why are female farmers on social media? The biggest motivator is to advocate for agriculture. They are connecting with the consumer and many decisions around food on the table for families are still being made by women in families. Yeah, in fact, uh, a 2019 study from the Pew Research Center in the US revealed that although men have taken on more obligations at home, more than 70% of women in the household usually prepare the meals and are the primary grocery shopper. When the couple has children, it's more than 80%. So women do not only have an impact on decisions that affect agriculture from the inside, but also from outside agriculture. But promoting diversity is not just about having more women at the table. Something that was said about diversity at the conference and I really like came from Christy Chavez, the CEO of DSM. Christy said, you have so much diversity in problems and opportunities. If we don't bring in different perspectives and experiences, then we are not bringing in all the opportunities to the table that can offer solutions that are going to work. Okay, I can see why agility, sustainability and diversity have an increasingly important role to play in agriculture and what makes you passionate about these topics. Which brings us back to the question of today's episode. Why do we need to collaborate for agility, diversity and sustainability in agriculture? Effective collaboration per se requires that different people with different perspectives and skill sets work together to achieve a goal. 
So I think an emphasis on collaboration can help to pre-program diversity into agriculture. Collaboration also presumes that everybody is working from the same page and there is a common understanding of what is to be achieved. As I mentioned earlier, particularly when it comes to sustainability, there is a lack of common understanding of what that actually means. Everybody claims to be working on sustainability, but how can we really measure progress if it means different things to different people? If we are willing to collaborate with others, including the consumer, we also have a common understanding of the progress that has been made. And the importance of making the consumer part of the conversation and involving the consumer was mentioned several times at the conference. Of course, if we have diverse people collaborating together, progress can be made faster, especially if we embrace disruptors into collaboration, we can also adapt to change more quickly and become more agile. It can provide a sense of community that helps us find support from others to stick to our goals, make us more open to new entrants, and therefore also more attractive to the diverse talent pool. Okay, so I hope we've given you some food for thought as we leave this turbulent year behind and look ahead to a better and brighter future. It's been a real pleasure recording our podcast episodes for you, and we hope you will join us again in 2021 for more news, views, insights, and special guests. Indeed, we're very excited about the guests we have lined up for next year. So, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. It is coming up to midnight of the 31st of December, so we thought we would have a virtual fireworks display to ring in 2021. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year everyone! everyone.